0: Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin and with me today are
1: Jake. Chris.
2: Ames. A- Ames. Yes. <laughs> it was very tentative there. He's like, are we here?
0: Is it, who 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 are, are you? Are we
2: memories? We might be false memories.
0: Could be false memories. Well, this is episode two hundred and fifty-five of ow. a star to steer her by which is at least 254 episodes too many. and uh, (laughs) We've had like uh, one
2: or two good ones.
0: Yeah, plus all those 10 forwards. And if you haven't (laughs) been sold on this yet, I mean, just stick around. It's only going to get better. Uh, we're here today to discuss two more episodes of The Voyager, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Wait, <Yep. laughs> Deep Space Nine, The Voyager, Delta Quadrant, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, we're yeah, going to talk season about episodes. Whoop, 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 whoop. And uh, boy, this week, what a clunker. We're talking about Flashback and The Shoot. Which one is
2: The Clunker? I
0: like yeah. both of these. Oh, boy. Well, we are going to have an interesting discussion then, aren't we? Damn. In flashback, Tuvok is suddenly struck with false implanted memories after encountering like some kind of gaseous anomaly, I think is like the, the whole thing. He starts to uh, remember letting a, a little girl fall to her death while she begs him not to let her go off of a cliff. And it literally like knocks him out because apparently when uh, Vulcans have been trying to repress a memory, it like makes their brains implode. It's like, like it's like a self-destruct for the brain. It's great. It sounds awesome. And only Janeway has the codes. Sorry, Tuvok, you're totally fucked. But uh, so they decide to do uh, a mind meld to try to figure out how to fix the problem. And of course, if he was at home on Vulcan, he would do this with like a family member or his like girlfriend or wife or whatever. But they're in the goddamn Delta Quadrant. So... Picsuder! Closest- oh, oh, sad. Oh, damn. Miss Actually, kind of wonder why he didn't pick Kes because they've been doing all kinds of telepathy fun times together. But instead, he picks his good friend Janeway, and she's like, "All right, let's go find that memory." But instead of going back and finding that memory, she finds herself on board Star Trek Six, Undiscovered Country, whatever the fuck it's called. Is that what it's called? Yeah, oh, good correct. for me! Great. I, for a minute, I thought that was Star Trek Five, and I had fucked it up. But that's no, the that's final, final frontier. frontier. Yeah, I know. Thank you. So we're on board the Excelsior. Yeah, the Excelsior with, the blue chair. with Captain motherfucking Sulu. And it's great. And also Yeoman Rand, who's now <laughs> oh, Lieutenant no. Rand or something. Oh. Commander. Commander. And, and, who was Grace. Doing, and Grace who was doing still just a, can't act. Yeah, I was going to say, who is doing just a terrible fucking job. Oh, trying to impress the captain and make <laughs> oh, lieutenant. Sweetie, huh? Poor thing.
1: <laughs> she used to be better is what was really sad.
0: Yeah. Like, she was well, never going to
1: win awards, I mean I this mean, was...
0: What was really is- sad is that she had to quit acting because she was sexually assaulted by producers. That's what's actually really sad. That is true. So good for really her. Sad. I'm glad they brought her back, but damn, she's the terrible. Act-
2: the acting styles in the 60s were incredibly different, too, so...
0: That's mm-hmm. true. But anyway, we wind up kind of living over the... What is it? The Battle of Kitimer? I don't even know what they're living. No, over. they made
1: up an extra one.
0: Oh, this is not even a real thing that existed before. No, it's a redcon. Oh, cool. We did, so- we did see the destruction of Praxis uh, again. Yes. That's, That's what was, it was, yeah. Praxis. We yeah, saw yeah, yeah. that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And uh, we see Captain Sulu gets the gets the word that um, that Kirk and 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 Bones are being held by the Klingons and they're on trial and shit. And Starfleet's like, you better not go help. And Sulu's like, get fucked. Yeah. And decides he's going anyway. And Tuvok is like, uh, sir, I have to object because as an ensign, uh, I feel that you are disobeying Starfleet orders and I think I know better. And, as your um, professional tea bringer. Yeah. As you, great blend. Good work. Someone <laughs> wants to make lieutenant. Cute. <laughs> and Grace Lee Whitney's like, that's what I said, Captain. Anyway, TK Sulu is like, noted and logged, bitch. And then they go and they run into Klingons and they go back and I don't know, they bought them time. I don't really know exactly what happened. But then ultimately, they find out that they're they're confused, though, because they're like, why are we looking at this memory? This has nothing to do with the memory we we're looking for. What the hell? <laughs> I wish I had written it in down last yesterday or whenever we watched this, because then I might actually know what I was talking about. But ultimately, I don't remember what happened. So Kruman Valtane is the linchpin here. Yeah, yeah Dimitri our buddy Dimitri who gets dead.
1: The false memory was like a virus.
0: And Squirers. it was distort and it was distorting his like memory of Dimitri dying? N- well or no, it's related it
1: from Dimitri when Dimitri died.
0: Oh. He got the virus from Dimitri when Dimitri died? Yeah, when his yeah. host
1: dies, it jumps to a new host. So this Yeah, so it seems false- like more like a parasite so than so a virus. So it took like
0: eighty years for it to come back? Yeah. What He's a very old. virus.
1: Yeah, it's been jumping from people to person for a very long time. It's kind of dumb.
0: I think I actually didn't catch that part of the episode at all. I don't think I ever understood that. Maybe this episode was good and I just didn't notice. <gasps> it is good. Um, it's very clever. Is it? I think that the the problem is is that Chris was right away drawing parallels to Trials and Tribulations and being like, it's not good right right Trials there. and Tribulations. And I was like, was Trials and Tribulations even that good?
2: Trials and Tribulations was fan wank.
0: Yes. So this, this one didn't though. have fan wank. Except for the teacup, I
1: I would disagree. I think they're both. (laughs) That was what was really
0: funny was I was like, "Haven't I seen this before?" And Chris was like, "Well, yeah, but not exactly the teacup." So we cure Kuvak. Yeah, and everything's and everything's fine.
2: fine. I think yeah, that
0: Janeway got to meet Sulu, and it was very cute.
3: Mm. Did you did you mention that we ran into our old buddy Kang?
0: (gasps) Kang. Oh, I mentioned that we ran into a Klingon, but I forgot that it was Kang.
1: Yep. Yeah, like some, like, I think the Praxis explosion and maybe the teacup were recycled from Six, but everything Correct. else was reenacted.
2: Yeah, they had to reenact a lot because they realized, like, the actors, because they actually got, you know, so they got, you know, Takei and and, and Whitney. They also got the guy who played Valtaine, because he was a character in Undiscovered Country, yeah. along with another guy whose name I'm sure I wrote down but can't find quickly. The guy who was the Helmsman, the Helmsman, was also in Six. Oh, wow. Okay. And then a couple of background actors who were also in six, and they got all of them back, but said, Wan, you guys are older, and poor Takay doesn't fit into his uniform anymore. And we're <laughs> going to redo these scenes.
1: It's so funny because he's still a very thin man. So it's just like, my yeah, God, he, you went from scrawny to sort of regular.
2: Uh, he thinks the, the uniform
0: shrunk.
1: Yeah, so sure, like,
0: oh, really? <laughs> I mean, yeah that's that's normally
1: that's normally bullshit. But again, in his case, like he doesn't. No, he look... was
0: much more life when he was younger. I don't. Yeah, know. but it's only
1: been a couple of years. Yeah, it's right. like five, five years, years, years earlier.
0: Yeah. Like it's not I the middle age spread. I, I, it I've, I've lost some. Him. I've gained some weight in five years.
1: No, I know. But I. Just, I mean, again, he's still so fucking lanky. Um,
0: Size, so the amount of weight you have to gain between sizes is less when you're smaller. That's fair. It's like fifteen mm. pounds as opposed to like. In the upper levels, it's, like, 35, Mm. so. That makes sense.
1: But, yeah, the other reason I think that it's probably fine they did it anyway wasn't just because the actors look different, but, like, there would be a deeply appreciable difference in film quality. Okay. Because you'd be going from movie film to TV film, and, like, you were just like, oh, wow, the lighting suddenly got a lot cheaper. And yeah, the plus they had, to pick different, different and, they
2: had to pick different angles in which it would be clear. Oh, yeah, uh, we swear to God, Tim Russ has been here the whole time. Wink, wink, yeah. don't you know?
1: And also, as you pointed out a few weeks ago, it's not the same chair. So right. that would have caused a continent. So really, there were many good reasons to just recreate the scenes.
2: Yeah, and I think they did yeah. a good job recreating the scenes. That was nice to see.
3: Yeah, they did get a new chair. Did they have? So did they have to rebuild the rest of the sets, too, or do they already have...
2: They had in storage some, like, panels and shit, but a lot of it they had to rebuild. And I guess it sounded it sounds like, I'm going to say the Yakutas, but I could be wrong. But I like giving the akutas credit because they're great. Lots of, like, time just spent looking at all the existing footage from TUC and be like, okay, this kind of looks like something we're gonna have to rebuild. This I don't remember what it was. Let's find this thing. I'm sure it's in storage. And they just go went through the whole thing and rebuilt as much as they could. Because they didn't just they had to basically make make the whole bridge. Yeah. It sounds like they mostly reused, I'm gonna say the Battle Bridge kind of as their template.
3: Yeah. Well the Battle Bridge I feel like was also a redressed set initially they usually are it? yeah like yeah. They, yeah like a lot of these sets have probably existed since the motion picture and have just been modified uh many times since
1: i also think this isn't something i rem- i meant to look this up to be sure but i i feel like i read a long time ago they had to possibly completely remake the excelsior model or something because I it had remember. previously been modified into the enterprise b or some <laughs> such
3: oh yeah yeah for generations they added yeah. a bunch of shit to it yeah, they yeah. put that stupid bulge
1: on the front and added two extra impulse engines.
3: They probably could have just gone and bought an off-the-shelf model kit. Honestly, like, because mm. they had done that. Like, there's yeah. lots of lots of examples where they've used off-the-shelf kits when and they need And Christmas a...
2: tree ornaments.
3: Yeah, well, like, wasn't it in in Cause and Effect the Enterprise that that blew up? They just went out and bought a model Enterprise and blew it up and filmed it from a bunch of angles. Maybe. I think
1: even in TOS, at some point, like they even resorted to that at least once. Yeah.
3: So this this episode, it's interesting, right? So initially they present it as, oh, this is a a repressed memory, and like the doc, and, and I was a little irritated at first because like the doctor is very credulous about the concept of false memories and talking about like, oh, well, you know, false memories can, or not, or, uh, repressed memories, not false memories, repressed memories can manifest. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, can we please stop pretending like repressed memories are a real thing? And then I was, I was pleased that in the end it turned out to be a false memory, which, which is like, you know, kind of, kind of doing um, the old switcheroo.
0: So M. Night Shyamalan shit.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> oh, was yes. dead the whole time. Yeah, because like, <laughs> m- oftentimes cases that are initially thought of as being repressed memories have, like universally turned out to be false memories, just implanted false memories that people have. Oh, okay. Mm. Like the, the satanic panic and all that shit.
0: Sounds like a good song. Yeah. Satanic panic?
3: It could be. Satanic panic at the disco. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah.
2: I think the, the device they used to get to K in the episode was quite clever because it wasn't just... Time travel, or Kirk stuck in the Nexus, or something a little bit silly. It was something that was actually new, which I appreciated mm-hmm. a whole lot.
3: Yeah, and it gives us some more background on Tuvok. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's fun that you know he, when he was just a baby, basically, you know, twenty nine year old, which is you know very young for Vulcan. Um, Although
1: Tuvok's you know new background is let's invert Spock's. Yeah, yeah, he didn't want to. He he his his
3: parents forced him into Starfleet. Yeah,
1: and then he tried to do the uh,
2: Colonar. the
3: culinar,
1: but whereas Spock couldn't finish because I don't know, V'ger had, poked him in the brain,
2: he had feelings or something.
1: He got a boner. Ponfire <laughs> kicked in.
3: Mm-hmm. And uh, do you think? Do you think what had happened with at the you know because we've seen the Kolinar school, you know, it's just a. Desert. I mean, it looks like Vulcan, and there's you know a priest or whatever, and they were about to, in the you know in Spock's case, they were putting the, the fancy necklace on him. Do you think like they were doing that, and he like right like you know almost like a record screech moment, he started getting the pawn far as they were about to put the thing on him, and threw clomeek
2: soup at somebody, and
3: then like you know T'Pel or who you know whoever the the, the
1: leader was was okay. like halt, this has pawn far
2: enough. No.
0: no. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: Think they dismissively just kind of hung it on his boner. Oh, yeah,
2: it's got weird.
1: Those, those Vulcan boners are
3: notoriously robust. Mm-hmm. So it
2: sounds like Tuvok didn't hit his Ponfar until he was in possibly what his thirties. Then, seems which like ac- it. which seems to match up Spock because I think they do nothing in in all of Star Trek but retcon what Ponfar is and when it happens yeah. to people and and what the fuck because it makes no fucking sense.
3: Well, I think it's it's every seven years, but you don't typically hit it until you're an adult for the first time. And Unless then,
2: you're uh, mutating baby Spock. Yeah, I think that
3: was I think in that case it was I can chalk that up to being on a weird fucking planet. Yeah, and having had your entire sure. body and being start a over
2: terrible movie. Or maybe it's like a
3: thing like maybe maybe adolescent Vulcans get it, but they just jerk off or something.
2: <laughs> God mm. damn it.
3: Like, here's, here's here's the thing about the Ponphar. It's probably not, like, an actual biological thing. It's that because Vulcans don't jerk off, it just, like, it builds up, like, the tension. And, like, it, they've just figured out that, oh, there's a seven-year limit, essentially, of how much spunk you can have backed up before you blow <laughs> your top. And that's what they call the
2: farm.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, so I like the
2: we learn a new detail in that Tuvok left Starfleet for fifty years, and that's something interesting about Tuvok because you think he seems very, very into being Starfleet, doing doing missions, being by the book, and all this stuff.
1: Oh man, that's what it really—it's he likes being a hard ass, and he realized Starship wasn't going to do that. <laughs> great place to be a hard ass, mm. but not under fucking... Sulu. Because Sulu is yeah.
2: too emotional and do not do the logical thing. Rescue Kirk. What the fuck is wrong with you? We shouldn't rescue Kirk.
1: I mean, I gotta say, though, it is funny, like, Rand getting all pissy at him, and it's like, I mean, here's the thing, he's a stick in the mud, but he's not actually wrong. All mm. he's saying is you are in direct violation of orders, which is true. Yeah,
2: <laughs> so, put it on the record. I'd like it to be on my record, and then this record apparently got wiped.
3: Sulu. Well, it also, yeah, I bet you a
1: lot of that was also covered up by Starfleet, right? Well, because yeah, it was, I mean, by both sides, because yeah. that was a big old embarrassment. Mm. Like, oh, wow, a lot of our people were conspiring to keep we'll us just, from liking each other.
3: Let's we'll just agree to sweep this whole incident under the rug.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the fact that we started a peace conference and leave everything else out. Mm-hmm. You think at any point, like, you know, any of the conspirators were like, hey, guys, do you see the irony of us all working together (laughs) to keep ourselves apart? Because, I don't know, I'm just we seem to be proving our own point really wrong. But that
3: is justify
2: the means. I don't know.
3: Yeah. 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 So so Tuvok left Starfleet for 50 years. And I guess I wonder if that they put they only put that in there because people would be wondering, like, wait a minute. If Tuvok was alive and in Starfleet, you know, eighty years ago, how is it that he's only made it to lieutenant commander? He's not even lieutenant commander. Or he's
1: not. He's just straight lieutenant. Yeah, yeah, I actually commander at least. No, that's that's the funny part because I actually noticed in this episode, like, because he had a good close up of his pips, and I was like, how is this motherfucker only a lieutenant?
3: So okay, so yeah, if he'd been in Starfleet for eighty fucking years. And was only, I mean, I guess, but even at that, though, like, he's clearly been in this version of, you know, this Starfleet career for at least 20 years yeah. at this point. So it's, it's, apparently career advancement is not a priority.
2: Yeah, tell that to Harry Kim. Mm. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly. Everyone makes fun of Harry Kim for being the Eternal Ensign, but no one talks about Tuvok, the Eternal Lieutenant. I feel he's like- one level above Harry Kim, and he's been in Starfleet for decades
1: i feel two because there is lieutenant jg that's true which i think is what tom technically is sorry go on
0: i was just gonna say i feel like the only like two vulcans that we've really seen a lot of in star trek aside from like what's her name what was her name um in starfleet is what i mean but the the lady that uh alley played yeah aside from her we've mostly seen like spock and tuvok in starfleet And Spock is always like, no, no, I don't want to be captain. I just feel like maybe they're not super ambitious for some reason. I mean, he was a
1: a captain. Eventually. But even in TOS, he was a commander.
0: I just feel like he never seemed like he wanted to be in charge, though. You know what I mean?
3: Maybe it's a thing like, maybe Starfleet figured out that, okay, we got to promote the humans because they need their egos stroked. But (laughs) Vulcans don't need that. So we can just let them do what they do best and not worry about the promotions. There we go uh
0: plus like you wouldn't really want to waste like your vulcan science officer on something else like there's nobody else probably as well trained and you know smart enough for that job i don't know
2: yeah except another vulcan science officer as i think we saw in like tmp when kirk is like oh no my vulcan science officer got killed get me another
0: one (laughs) yeah was that one of the ones that was involved in the transporter accident Mm yeah oh oh boy r.i.p that guy
1: well I think what is they made Decker do it until Spock showed up. Hmm. Cuz that was what cuz he couldn't get Spock so he requested a Vulcan.
3: Uh, and then
0: when they couldn't give him a Vulcan they figured well how about a pedophile? <laughs> yeah,
3: but Decker was the captain. Yeah. Decker Decker was not an like he was he was the captain of the Enterprise and Kirk showed up and was like, yeah. "Nah, I'm going to command it
1: for this mission." No, no, I know. But then they apparently like he was somehow qualified to be the science officer. Yeah, but that was a weird mission anyway. So it oh, for anyway, sure, for sure, we're we're way off course.
2: Yeah, another another factoid I read about this episode is that they had planned to try to get Nichelle Nichols to do a cameo as Uhura, but it would only be on view screen, and she, yeah. it would be like her basically radioing radioing in to Sulu. To say something or other, maybe that would be the, her like telling them about the Kirk McCoy incident. I don't remember what it was going to be, but she declined because she thought the role would be too limited and it wouldn't be really worth her time. Even though Takei was like begging her, seeing, being like, let's get together and hang out with, on, on Star Trek. It'll be fun. And she's like, no. Well, in do reality.
1: So- oh, go ahead. Good. Chris. I was just that In reality, they probably would have filmed their scenes completely separately anyway. Oh, maybe. What would they have had for her to do?
2: Be on the view screen and say a single thing.
3: Yeah, so I guess this means that every every TOS main actor now has appeared in the post TOS era.
2: Yeah, because Sulu was the one that wasn't in Trials and Tribulations because he wasn't in that episode.
3: I mean, I'm not even saying like not not even including archive footage. And if
0: we I, get I Rand really... now,
3: <laughs> so we get we got Rand in this. We got Sulu. We got. You Know we had Scotty obviously in Relics, we had McCoy in the pilot at Farpoint, uh, we had uh, Kirk, Scotty again, and uh, Chekhov in Generations, and we just really haven't seen Uhura, yeah, she uh, was the only one.
2: I mean, you do see, gonna... yeah, because you do see her technically in Trials and Tribulations,
3: yeah, but again, it's it's like reused for uh, him, I see so what that. you
2: mean, okay.
3: Oh, and Spock, obviously, in um, yeah, yeah. a bunch of stuff a bunch of times
1: yeah overall with this one i was just like i don't know I, it was fine i didn't hate it but i remembered i think when i first saw it when i was a kid i was really into the like fan wank aspect more and like now watching it it's like it's it's fine
2: oh man you know? see i i appreciate that it doesn't go so fan wanky i think the way that i would compare it as as you said you were trying to compare it to trials and tribulations is trials and tribulations is Deep Space Nine being TOS, mm-hmm. and this episode is TOS being Voyager? Like it is still Ooh. definitely a Voyager episode because yeah. you know it's got like a plot that is very applicable to Voyager. It's got the style that's very Voyager, and not, and not TOS. Whilst Trials and Tribulations is literally just being TOS. Yeah, yeah. And not yeah. and not really being DS Nine at all.
1: No, no. And to clarify what I had said specifically was just, of the two that were made for the 30th anniversary, like, I just enjoyed Trials and Tribulations more.
2: Because you were wanked! Yeah, but also I was just like... This one is less fun. Yeah. Trials and Tribulations has fun.
1: And and the reveal, I don't know, like, the weird bacteria thing and all this, like, it all just, it somehow just... And don't get me wrong, like, Trials and Tribulations is super forced... But this also feels weirdly forced. I'm just like, couldn't there have been a better way? Well, I don't know. I don't I see think this maybe, being
2: forced, so I, guess I don't know. guess
1: for me, it's less, I, I just, I don't know. It being a weird bacteria, I guess. I was just like, what? What the fuck is this? What? It was just such a strange thing. And plus, like Caitlin said, like, it was just gestating in him for like eight decades before it decided to be like, I guess now's a good time.
2: Well, no, that makes sense. I'm, like, it's—I it, don't even know if it necessarily would show itself as as a disease in its hosts necessarily. If it's mm. specifically trying to be hidden, like that's the interesting thing about this virus is it hides as a memory that you're not going to want to remember, so yeah. it just stays dormant. Like, I imagine it can stay dormant in Valtaine and any of those other people you see in the montage. I suppose so, specifically, yeah, which... so it can it can keep sticking around.
1: Yeah, I get. Yeah. The, I don't know, though. You see, that's just the more I think about it, it's like, wow, that's a really bizarre route for an evolution to take. Like, there's got to be a better way to. Yeah, I don't know. No. Also, that fucking montage was just.
2: Oh, gosh, I could watch that girl fall all day.
1: <laughs> oh, no, that part was great. No, no, I'm just trying the, the oh, that the, They had like a caveman Well, yeah, the like, well, not just that, but that too, but like just the like, the little flashes of like, here's some hyper specific national costume. And it's like, Mm. we're doing this? Really? Like, I don't know, that was actually weirdly one of the problems I had with the pilot of uh, Babylon 5. Something they ditched, luckily, after that was like, a lot of people walking around in national costume. And it's like... Even when this show was made, these were things that were only worn by people at like historical festivals, yeah, like festivals
2: and stuff. And shit. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: like here's what we used to wear 130 years ago or whatever. So like the idea that they would come back just so the show could be like, look at how what's the word? Multicultural? Uh, yeah, like, cosmopolitan, multicultural, whatever that we are was just like, come on, motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, and again, luckily Babylon Five dropped that by the second, by the first like full episode. Uh, along with some other regrettable costume choices, but seeing it here again, it was just like, come on guys. like let like, really?
3: yeah, yeah, but I don't know I like i I kind of like the idea of a parasite that sort of lives in your brain and masks itself by, you know, fucking with your brain. I don't know I think it's an interesting idea and the idea that it passed from from host to host uh, Space is also ghost
0: host to host. There it is.
2: Yeah, I like that it's, it's like, kind of... It, it's an original concept that we haven't really seen before, so... Oh,
1: see, I, I was going to it say, credit. it's like a... It's like a more benign version of uh, the Jack the Ripper yeah, alien. I was, alien. Yeah, that's where oh, mine um, immediately went to Yeah, it seemed very much well. very similar. You, you think when uh, Tuvok's mind got took, o- took over, taken over by those aliens a couple seasons ago, they were like, what the fuck is this? And the yeah. parents was just like, J- just fuck off, huh? Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... um. It also so it's curious to
3: me that like a similar looking nebula
2: would trigger this
3: triggered it it, like I wonder if it was just because it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense from like the parasites perspective like why would that be triggered but maybe triggering like maybe the memory of seeing that nebula is that the idea that like Tuvok saw a nebula that reminded him of the nebula from from that period and and that. Re, you know, because he was accessing memories that were close to when he got the parasite.
2: Here's a thought. Here's an like an incre- incredibly like tangential thought. The the opening of this episode is Neelix trying to cook a food, <laughs> and he's trying to give Tuvok a smoothie that Tuvok doesn't want. And I wonder if maybe there was something tasty in that smoothie that brought this <laughs> out too. That Tuvok has it- never had to eat before, and it's actually. Whatever this this orange drink that Neelix made that was pissing him off and got him in in a state where he could remember this thing.
1: Which, admittedly, it seems like he did end up liking.
2: It looked good. I would have some. he
1: he did say it was, I think he said it was, ah, because he took a sip, said something. I forget, interesting or. Yeah, he said something. He seemed to not actively disapprove. And Neelix even said he'd work on getting him a second glass and he didn't say, stop, you bastard. So I think he liked it.
2: Yeah, I expected Mm -hmm. there to be a joke where Kuvuk would say, hmm, fascinating. And Neelix would be like, yeah, you like it? Fascinating. My stomach is burning. (laughs) Uh,
1: Fascination does not imply enjoyment, Mr. Neelix.
0: Uh, I had a, I asked Chris at one point, there was the scene where, um, Tuvok was in his bunk and somebody was like leaning down to bother him. And at first I thought it sort of sounded like Ethan Phillips. And I was like, oh my God, is that the fucking, I was like, is that Neelix just as a different character? And is that why he doesn't like Neelix so much? Uh, because he reminds him so much of this fucking annoying dick who was always bothering him in his bunk. Mm. Actually, no, you know, what ass. was
2: actually quite distracting in this episode is the way that Tuvok kind of tries to clear his head is by playing with building blocks like a toddler, and I thought it was <laughs>
1: absurd. I called it Vulcan Jenga, although I guess it's technically reverse Jenga. And also, I was just thinking, like, Tuvok, you know, putting this together might be easier if your eyes are fucking open. Mm. Yeah,
3: I, I mean, I guess it's probably, you know, it's like a meditation AI. Yeah,
1: yeah. And who knows, it might even have some vague root in some actual thing someone did once somewhere, mm. but...
3: I mean, it reminded me a little bit like like of of walking a um uh labyrinth. Mandela, oh yeah, yeah. Or like a Zen garden type of. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Thing. The, the little little rake that goes through the sand and that kind of a thing.
3: Mm. But what I really want to know and was never explained in this episode is who ended up getting to decide what we did with the ceruleum.
2: Chakotay.
3: Oh yeah, that was this one too. Yeah. Because we we're gonna get all this great cerulean from this nebula, but Alana wanted to use it for something. Neelix wanted to, he had some
1: great idea for it.
2: Neelix why? had a terrible idea for it, to be fair.
1: I just want to know why the deflector dish needs gas, because it seems to be a completely electrical device.
3: Yeah, but they make electricity from burning plasma on these ships. So,
1: yeah, I guess, but I just feel like it. Yeah, just weird. Oh, so that reminds me, though, was Balada's station new? Because I don't think we've seen that before.
3: I think we have.
2: I, th- I feel like... She's like, usually uh, in engineering, so... Yeah, she, yeah.
3: We, we usually don't see her on the bridge. And I feel like when we have seen people at that station, like I feel like Seska has been at that station before okay. when so she was
1: on the bridge. It's not a new station that they've just been acting like no, has been there the whole it, time. It's always
3: been there, but it's usually just manned by a background actor.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, the other yeah.
2: thing I noted from this episode, so we've got Michael Ansara back to play Kang yet again, yeah. which Yay. is very fun, um, mm-hmm. and the the note that they have on Memory Alpha, and this might even be outdated by now, for all I know, because I wouldn't yeah. be surprised, because he's on a short list of actors that has played the same role in three different live-action Star Treks, the <laughs> others being Riker, yep, obviously. Troy,
3: sure.
2: Quark, mm-hmm. Q... Which, who's now been on like four at least evek which is interesting uh gull evek the Cardassian yeah, yeah would we see which, him in Voyager the did... premiere the uh, caretaker oh that's right
3: you're right yeah he's on a screen yeah.
2: talking to with somebody and obviously Picard yes. who has his own show now so I thought that was kind of cool because I di- I didn't realize what what a short list of repeat characters that cross different series are of course now that lower decks is on they're all yeah, gonna be well, on there and
1: <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna lie that well see it'll still be though live action is still gonna be the caveat yep yep so. yep, yep.
2: yeah because otherwise you'd say well janeway's been on uh prodigy now along with voyager and one of the tng movies oh yeah that's right mm-hmm. that's right
3: yeah in uh nemesis she's she's bossing picard around she's picard's boss <laughs> man she should
1: have been sheer fucking
3: hubris that's what I said. I think I said that when fucking that dead. show came out. That that they, they miss an opportunity to get Kate Mulgrew here.
0: Well, apparently they didn't miss it for long.
1: Mm. Yeah, but now she's on Prodigy. That she can't say fuck on Prodigy. Yeah. <laughs> like I want a I want Kate Mulgrew without a swear filter, which I'm oh, sure snap. I can watch Orange Is the New Black for. But I I want to see Janeway go on a tear. That's what they need. Yeah. They they need a Star Trek run by Armando Iannucci.
0: Whoever that is.
1: Uh, that's the guy behind Veep and, um, oh gosh, a very sweary British political show that I can't think of the name of.
0: Oh, um, The Great British yeah. Bake Off. <laughs> yeah, that one. Fucking straight. Something straight. Straight. No, uh... in,
3: in the Loop.
1: No, I think that is was it, the movie.
3: Is, is it the one with Capaldi,
1: yeah. 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 And I mean, Capaldi's character was the most sweary, but in general, his shows are, are quite sweary. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Veep. I haven't seen the... British uh, original though, so yeah, the British one. I I did watch it. It's very good. Anyway, that's that's neither here nor yeah. there. Um, I'll, I'll
2: leave us with a quote from from this episode that I liked. When Sulu tells Tuvok, "Don't tell me Vulcans don't have a sense of humor because mm. I know better." That was good. I'm like, yeah, you tell him, Sulu. I'm not, I'm not here for your Vulcan shit. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. I liked it. I thought this was a good good thing. I like seeing Sulu emerge from smoke like a mm. like a. Kraken in the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't
1: hate it, but I just, I guess, I would remembered liking it more previously. I also think I thought they spent a lot more time on the Excelsior. Why did I say that? Excelsior, so weird? Excelsior. Uh, sensors. Yeah, seriously.
0: Sensors, indeed.
1: Also, my my mood going into it was a bit difficult because I'd had some problems with an order. I had my own little pizza rant, but I shan't bore you all with it.
0: <laughs> oh, go on. <laughs>
1: Things just went wrong. I'll leave it at that. Oh, so no. I was also going in in a slightly sour mood. Damn shame. Oh <laughs> shoot! Speaking of,
0: all right, in the shoot, it's a case of mistaken guilt again. This time, it's Harry Kim and Tom Paris, and they've so
2: got- uh, Kirk and McCoy are on the Klingon prison what? world, and I uh, had the yeah, same thought.
0: yeah. <laughs> So, O'Brien has been accused <laughs> of murder, and he's serving out his time in a hellacious underground. And actually, in a way, it's also for I have seen the, the, the sky is hollow and I've knocked on the planet, or whatever the fuck. What the fuck's that episode <laughs> called? Wow. For the, War, the world is hollow, hollow and I've touched, touched the, the, sky? the sky? But yeah. he
1: wasn't in prison.
0: Yeah, but he was in a spaceship and he didn't realize it. No, the okay. inhabitants
1: didn't realize it. Well,
0: whatever, suck my dick. It's sort of similar. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, (laughs) go fuck yourself. Wow. Yeah,
2: they thought it was
0: a planet. It was actually a spaceship. True, yes. So, anywho, so Paris and Kim have been arrested because there's been a a bombing, and they are suspected because they use dilithium, and trilithium was used in the bombing, and as we all know, dilithium can be easily converted to trilithium. Can it? Holy shit. I have no idea, apparently. add
1: another one, just Add one more.
3: Because there's
0: no, there's no, yeah, really, it's just three lithiums. It's one one, and a half dilithiums. No
1: one tell Malcolm McDowell how easy it is to make trilithium. He'll be pissed.
0: (laughs) And they don't have any ships around that run on trilithium. So it's got to be these dudes. What with their dilithium and they're making bombs. And so on top of being in this horrible prison world where everybody is like kicking the shit out of each other, they've also got these, what do they call them? The Clamp. Clamp. Mm. That's it. Thank you. The Clamps!
1: Thank you. God, whole episode. No, Glad it no. wasn't just me. Oh, they've God, all the clamps.
0: They've all had these clamps attached to their heads, and it seems to be pissing them all off. Like, not just by being there, that's annoying enough, but it seems like they're doing some stimulating of something in the old brain box yeah. to make people more irritable. And so they all just kind of kick the shit out of each other, and that's actually our opening: is Kim getting his ass kicked, and Paris very long stopping time. it. I guess. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. While we're here, we meet our friend Zio, who is a big old fucking tinfoil hat wearing motherfucker. <laughs> who's like, they're recording it all, man. They're recording what they're doing to us. It's all a fucking government conspiracy, and like, he's probably right. Um, he kind
1: of is. They say at the end. Yeah,
0: he's still and- a nutbag. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely cuckoo nuts, but he seems to be doing better with the clamp than anybody else. Mm, True. But, and, you know, so they're like, we're going to find a way out. You know, they think that they're lots of kilometers or something underground, whatever the fuck a kilometer is. And And, um, I'm not keeping it in. I'm trying my best here. And uh, how many football fields is that? So anyway, they think they're underground. Turns out they're the fucking space and uh, hurtling through space. And it also turns out that Paris is going to fucking do a die because he gets shanked Damn. in the gut by some dude who I guess his clamp was on too tight or something. So they're trying to get out. And on the, in the meantime, while these guys are, you know, doing their thing and trying not to do a die on on a plant, prison planet or prison asteroid or... Prison station? shuttle, yeah, whatever station outside. Though, Janeway is trying to get shit taken care of, and they're they're talking to the people from Akritiri Yeah, that sounds right, Akritiri And they're like, "Well, we found your guys, but bad news—they've already been sentenced to life on on prison planet." And Janeway is like, "But like, what if we could prove that they didn't do it?" And they're like, "We don't really care." But she decides she's going to try to prove it anyway. And what she finds is a brother sister pair of terrorists who apparently actually did it. Their ship runs on, like, quadra. quadra lithium. Quadra Paralith- yeah. yeah. tridicale. Quadra which apparently you can also convert to trilithium. But it also turns out they know where the prison prison station is. And uh, Janeway's like, well, you're going to fucking take me there, you little bitch. And they're like, I don't think so. Not unless you, I don't know, threaten us with something. And she's like, okay, well, I guess I'll turn you into the authorities. And they're like, fuck, I guess we could take you there. But on one condition, you have to let us free our friends too. And Janeway's like, no fucking deal. And they're like, okay. I hate Janeway. I feel like the way that they did this whole episode was just them trying to show that, like, she's not soft because they didn't want to hear about, like, oh, she was being all soft and womanly. But I don't really feel like this is how it would have gone. I feel like she would have been like, yeah, sure, tell your friends we're coming, whatever. This episode, she's like, fuck the prime directive today. Any other day, I wouldn't, though.
1: (laughs) That's one of my many complaints.
0: There's, like, a lot. And so, anyway happy ending they get there they pick them up and they like tell us don't show us like they just kind of cut back to the ship and they're like well glad that's all done yeah and i'm like the fuck the fuck we because we saw so fucking much of like harry kim like being friends with fucking space confucius or whatever the fuck Like, you couldn't have removed a little bit of that and given us a little bit of them getting rescued? It's really just like, oh, well, we found the planet. Glad that's over.
1: I mean, we did see, like, Janeway and Tuvok threaten some people. That yeah, was, they, they got
2: to ride exciting. down the
1: slide.
3: and That then looked so
2: fun. Yeah, it's so funny coming on the heels of Flashback where we're talking about how Tuvok and Janeway are basically saying like, wow, taking justice into your own hands and going on this this really valiant mission to save somebody is not what you should do. And then this episode, they're like, fuck it. We're going to go on a valiant mission and save somebody.
1: But also, again, like we just referenced Star Trek six. And now here we are in a sort of different kind of Ru mm. You know, it's like we don't really need that. Well, Ruripente had some guards, but like this one has none, basically because there is no escape.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the the Klingons could take a take a page from these guys' book, though. You know, yeah. I put people on a planet,
1: and you could just put them on a space Well, because the whatever the hell they were mining on Ruripente, the Klingons oh, yeah. did want. I think they were dilithium mines. I think they said that it. sounds right. Uh, so I fucking hated this episode. Yeah, um, I, I didn't hate it, but. Well see, I and I the thing is, the problem is I know we're not done with this, but I have had my fucking fill of wrongfully accused Starfleet people in prison. Like, this has got to be the most overused fucking plot in all of Star Trek. I
2: don't know. Like, I can I can never be be done with Starfleet officers wrongfully accused of prison.
1: I just I'm so bored of it. We've done it so many times. It's been done better. Like, they should have stopped after you know, Chief O'Brien's magical brain adventure Yeah, hard time Thank you, because that was like You know, there was a bit of a twist on it They did some really interesting stuff We dealt with the aftermath as part of the episode Like, can we just not with- And again, I know we're not done with it I know we're gonna see it again And I'm gonna be just as annoyed then I'm also just yeah. sick of, like, watching Starfleet people Like, put up with bullshit from these fascistic governments
2: Oh yeah, and- the Ecraterians are terrible Well,
1: and that thing, with these, like, falsely accused Starfleet people, it's almost always a terrible government, which is why, you know, the justice system there is so broken. But, like, then to have Janeway be like, you know what, fine, I'll do your police work for you to try to get my men freed is like, really? That seems an odd choice, because like you said, Ames, first of all, that does seem to be, like, against the Prime Directive, like, Hmm. interfering with their police work in a way, and... And then again, to then realize it doesn't matter anyway, and then just be like, I don't know, really indifferent to kind of the shittiness of all of it. Like, I know you can't really interfere, but fuck it. Spring some of those guys. Why not? Yeah. You know, at one point I was like, you know what, Jane, we just go General Order 24 on this planet. Please. <laughs> yes,
0: please. please.
1: I am so done with shitty. Fascist aliens. I know it's not the Starfleet way, but like, just just once, every Starfleet captain gets a little General Order Twenty Four as a treat.
0: Yay! You know,
1: once in your
3: career, <laughs> as a treat. I mean, <laughs> once in your career, you get to be
1: like <laughs> I mean, this one. This Cisco, is Cisco a, got away with it. So. Yeah, many
2: times. <laughs> yeah, Cisco exactly. had a lot of treats.
1: He used up uh, some other captains, but so many oh, captains no. died during the war. Like they had surplus General Orders Twenty Four no, there it around. Is.
2: Yeah, see, I don't I don't think I can dislike this one because I think Harry's really good in it. I really oh, yeah, like watching Garrett thin. Wong do his thing, which I will which, agree. which does bring up the point that like one of the things that is rough, especially in Voyager but also in like other other tricks do the same thing where it's like the hard reset at the end of the episode. But yeah. you can tell in the final scene, Harry is not okay. Nope, Harry is suffering from week. a ton of trauma and so they're just much. like, nope, you're fine. you're fine now. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, I, I will give you that. I, while I didn't enjoy the episode, he did a great job. There were some moments where Tom was, like, dying and knowing he was dying. And, you know, he, uh, he did. I, yeah,
2: yeah. Robert
1: Doctor McNeil did really well. When,
2: when Harry was about to kill Tom, I was like, man, yeah. this is great. Yeah. This is so Like, there's good some stuff.
1: really good acting. But I just, story-wise, I was like, uh eh. Yeah, I, I I don't think that they did enough
3: to make this scenario interesting you know i guess you know the difference that they probably were going for was oh in this case you know where you've introduced this idea of the clamp that will make the inmates sort of self police well in the sense that they'll just be killing each other all the time so we don't have to worry too much about
2: yeah they won't uh, unify and rise up because they a they can't anyway because they're trapped in this one room you can't get out of yeah, but, uh, you
3: know, I, I, it seemed very lazy thing, you know, the, the whole, the background, like, oh, it was like a terrorist attack, but it's, it doesn't really make sense to me how Harry and Tom got uh, wrapped yeah, up Yeah, okay,
2: here's a question about that then. So we learned that Tom and Harry, they got nabbed in the first place because they were having shore leave on this planet. They were, we always pick the worst planets yeah. to shore leave on. Yeah, we do not do any research ever on on other other societies and their cultures and like what their stupid rules are, because there's often some really backwards rules that we never check. See justice, Jesus yeah, don't Christ! Don't
3: fucking
1: the flowers.
2: <laughs> well, fuck if,
1: everywhere if, else except the flowers. If I may bring up Jake, uh, Jake's Jake's repeated point. This is where a jag would come in handy. (laughs) Before you go to a planet, just hand the copious law books over to the jag who goes, reads them, and goes, let's not go here.
3: Or just have the
2: computer distill it for you. Or
1: just
3: have fucking shore
1: leave in the goddamn holodeck. Why not?
2: That's, yeah. No, no,
1: because the holodeck is now locked to Sandrine's (laughs) 24-7. Yeah, man.
3: Yeah, so there's things I didn't like, you know, teaming up with the terrorists, but like, Half-assing it You know In the yeah. terror Oh can you Can you spring my friends No fuck you Yeah, yeah I didn't really
2: care just... For like boy and girl Wonder Bomber <laughs> people They seemed Uninteresting to me Entirely
0: Well and also they... like Kind of almost like An afterthought Like I do not feel like yeah. They did much there It was just kind of like Oh fuck we need to figure out How to get them Uh They were
1: also like The world's shittiest Terrorists Cause like <laughs> The minute Janeway Even slightly pressed them They was like yeah. bur- 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 bur! It's like Wow, you're yeah. bad liars. Yeah,
0: they sang like I don't know what, canaries? Canaries. Yeah. Canaries is that what canaries sing. do? They sing? They sing okay. a lot. Um They're, They sang like Beyonce.
3: The uh Oh
0: the sang that is all Oh the terrorists. Oh the terrorists. Oh, the They'll give uh, you friends up. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Thank you.
3: Um Yeah, and then, you know, as much as I appreciated that, oh, we're 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 seeing Neelix flying his ship again. I like that. It was like 2 seconds of showing Neelix wise cracking it at the 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 cops.
2: Oh yeah, and you could and- totally tell it was literally just uh let's just have a 20 minute moment like, you know, filming block on our day where we just have Ethan Phillips and nothing else.
3: Yeah, and it's just like shot against a wall because they probably didn't have the full set. So they're just like, <laughs> mm, this, this wall looks kind of like the wall we use in the pilot. I will say his ship is very tidy now. Yeah,
1: he's cleaned it up. It was a junk hauler previously. Yeah. He just moved all that shit over to Voyager, though. Apparently, he did some great piloting that, again, we didn't really get to see. Nope. Um, I also thought it was weird that, like, like, Janeway was on the assault force like why
3: because why she looked
2: like... great yeah because the <laughs> yeah. only
1: the only starfleet captain that ever even kind of paid attention to the please don't go everywhere captain's rule was picard in tng and even yeah, you, he fucked off sometimes
3: but you would think that like this is this is going into a particularly dangerous scenario you're sliding down a slide into a prison
1: with murderous People.
3: I that's to slide what it is. down a
2: slide. Right.
1: She wasn't going to. Then she heard from the twins there was a big fuck off slide. And she was like, that sounds bitching. I yeah. want to come down a slide, land, and shoot some motherfuckers all in one smooth motion. It and no great. one's going to stop me. Two was probably like, Captain, this is, I swear to God, if the word illogical comes out of your mouth, I will <laughs> fucking hit you. I am doing this. Captain's prerogative. I also don't understand
3: why it's important that the prisoners not know they're in space
2: so they can't rise even less impetus to rise up
3: but
1: that, that's why you think you'd tell
3: them oh wait know? that's a good
2: point yeah okay like, like, well now i'm more lost
3: Like, because if they think that they could climb up that slide and get and free themselves then they're gonna keep trying to climb up the slide to free themselves
1: it's funny all i could think of when the space reveal happened was uh portal 2 because in the like make your own levels pc dlc they made there was this whole running gag of the fact that the, the the complex in that one was in space, but it wasn't actually a secret. <laughs> like, mm. it was told up front, but somehow people kept trying, like, to, uh, you know, arrange escape attempts and discovering, quote-unquote, that they were in space because they somehow just forgot <laughs> or something. <laughs> so there's repeated messages from Cave Johnson about the fact that, yes, we're in space, Congratulations on your discovery that there is no air in space. Oof. Uh, so I was just like, yeah, that's, that, that's weird. But yeah, that was my first thought. Uh, actually, no, my, uh, I think I called it exactly two seconds before it happened. Like when he got, he's like, there's some kind of hatch. And I was like, ah, oh, they're in space,
3: aren't they? Oh, no. <laughs>
2: they?
1: Yeah,
3: I don't know. I, uh, the Harry and Tom stuff was mostly good. almost everything else about this episode felt very phoned in.
0: Uh, I thought that they did a really good job on the makeup on Paris while he was, like, dying. Like yeah. he, I was like, oh, fuck, he looks sick. He looks mm. real fucking he look, sick. He
1: looked jaundiced, which, I, if he got stabbed in the liver, would maybe
0: make sense. oh you know,
1: he looked like hell. Sure did. He did not look good. Still looked better than that time he was turning into a lizard, but that's not saying much.
0: <laughs> no,
2: then he looked great.
1: <laughs> I, um, I also was
3: expecting... Some you know, they're them to escape with, um, confusion w- with, with their buddy, yeah, yeah, but they would stuck nice. with him.
2: Well,
1: they could have dropped him off somewhere,
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like because he seems like a generally
1: all right guy, um, yeah. I mean, like you said, he managed to overpower the clamp through the power of, I don't know, mindfulness or whatever, psychedelic
0: mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: like of all the things like i all right fine you don't want to spring a bunch of terrorists but i mean
0: come on spring zeo he seemed cool but yeah, also yeah. spring oh. a bunch of terrorists the people running this government are fucked
2: who did they spring because didn't the 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 siblings say spring our friends in the open skies group yeah and then
1: yeah, Jane but Jane said, no fuck you Oh,
2: okay I, yeah, I think oh. the only
1: reason Tuv- Tuvok, Neelix was like, it's a bit cramped back there, it was just because they had Janeway, Tuvok, a couple other security officers, and then Tom and Harry. Oh, okay. As far as I know, they didn't bring anyone else.
0: Well, and presumably Probably still, the, still the kid terrorists, right? Or no?
1: They may. It was unclear if they were actually on the ship or had just They just, just given... kind of disappeared. Yeah, they they gave the information. I bet they
0: just dumped him in. They <laughs> pulled out Tom and Harry and threw those kids in and were like, suckers, <laughs> Good. Like slammed the hatch.
2: Good, they were terrible. I did read. Okay, so, Peary, who is the little girl, played by Rosemary Morgan, who is the daughter of uh, Julie Cobb, who we saw as a yeoman in TOS, the episode by any other name, who happens to have been married once to James Cromwell.
0: Holy shit. It's like one degree of (laughs) Trek. Seriously. Well, it's like no degree of Trek. I mean, she's just in it now.
2: Yeah, yeah, every, it's like a Trek, the, the Trek family now. Speaking of mm. Trek family, our newest, I'm not going to say friend, asshole, God damn it, Ambassador Elyria, who's the worst, played oh, yeah. by Robert Pine, Chris Pine's father.
0: No way! way! <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny, I somehow never read that. That's awesome. How delightfully weird. Say what you will about the 2009 and on Star Trek films, I like Chris Pine as, as Kirk.
2: I don't, I. The thing is, the character is so like entirely rewritten that he's unrecognizable as Kirk, so he's just playing oh, he's, that.
1: He is ultra-drift Kirk.
2: Yeah, he's just playing a, an entirely different character, so it's gonna, very hard to judge. I don't
0: know. He, he, makes, he makes rash decisions, which we've known Kirk to do. He loves pussy, which we know Kirk to do.
2: Again, that's more drift
1: Kirk, though. He's
0: really good friends with bones, which, I mean, anybody with a brain would be, but we know that to be a Kirk thing. And uh, he's good at pushing Spock's buttons, which he does do.
1: Pine himself grew a big old shrubby beard now, and he's...
0: He actually looks like Disco Doc now. <laughs> like IRL. Yeah, I'm not looking for, because I know there's another
2: Kelvin movie in the works.
1: It's gonna suck.
2: And I am not looking forward to it. know I, right, gonna... I think there's still debate over whether or not they're gonna be able to get bones.
1: That's why it's gonna suck.
2: Because the actor's name is gone from my brain. Carl Urban. Carl Urban, thank you. Because Carl Urban is busy doing The Boys right now, and he's great in The Boys, but it also means he's got, like, so much scruff.
0: Wasn't Chris Pine in Chris Pine's in The The Boys as well? No. no. Somebody in it that looks like him?
1: No, maybe. Kinda? Okay. Yeah, it's, it, Carl Urban might not be able to be in it, in which case, fuck that movie.
2: Oh, God. They
0: have to get him. How could they not get him? It's just going to be a Marvel
2: movie. It's it's going to be written and directed by all the Marvel people, and I don't need Star Trek to be a Marvel movie. But anyway, um, yeah. this episode, I also had some other notes. What else should I want to say? Okay, so Ken Biller, who wrote this episode, really wanted the to kind of focus on like what you know being in this prison would eventually do to your mind and stuff, and how like we see of you know the rapid decline in Harry and how he gets like really stressed out super fast because of the clamp and ideally biller says i would have loved that to be because it would have been over the course of a period of time and then this is just what would have happened naturally to the human psyche and make a statement about you know our humanity and stuff but instead what we're stuck with because we can't just have them be in prison for years on end is being able to just shove it under the rug and say oh it was all the clamp the clamp did it and it's, you know, not the best effect you can have. Still good, uh, some good scene work, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. My first note, Harry is having another bad day.
1: But you know, for all that went wrong with him, he still managed to get his hands on some product.
0: Hair product, he means.
1: Yeah, his hair was always very nicely gelled. Oh,
0: that kind of product, I see. Yeah. Sure. Chris here in Aesthetics Corner.
1: Well, no, it was just, like, his hair was supposed to be, like, for Harry, it's messy, but it was still, in reality, super neat. So I just found it distracting. Well, it's
0: like when women go for that, like, no-makeup look, but it, in fact, takes, like, more makeup to do a no-makeup look than yeah, it does or, to do a lots-of-makeup look.
1: Or, you know, any kind of movie where it's, like, you know, it's, you know, they're on, like, a barren world, but somehow there's hair and makeup stuff for Yeah, everyone. their armpits are
0: always shaved. Yeah. Yeah, I think Anything that's about it winter? from this episode.
2: Yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah. Aside from some good Tom Harry stuff, it's, yeah, it's kind of there. It's kind of a a lot of episodes we've seen already.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Speaking of things we've seen already, let's talk about our blogtivity. Yes. Whoa. All right. So in honor of seeing Sulu again, we're going to do a couple weeks worth of blogtivities about the original series, which will be very fun. And this week, our our activity is going to be like: who are our favorite one-off or like semi recurring, generally non-main characters?
1: It occurs to me that we didn't tell each other ahead of time who our choices were, so hopefully there's no overlap.
0: I'm fine if there's overlap. I said, I'm fair gonna, enough. I could pivot pretty quickly because I have a few in mind. I think
2: yeah. I think there can be overlap. I don't We do this when we pick best and worst of the season. That's true. We allowed there to be overlap, but this way we can also know like who the best ones are if there is overlap. Fair, fair. I don't know if mine's going to have any overlap, so I'll, I'll just go first and get the and knock these out of the way. What? All right. So I picked three, three favorite one-off characters from TOS. I got to give props to Alexander, the little person from Oh, oh the God. Roman. Yeah, uh, Plato's good. stepchildren.
0: I think. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He was great. He yeah, was great actor.
2: Yeah, he Great was a solid, and the character was also very solid. Like you can tell that they knew exactly what this character was going to be, and they did a good job with it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Good pick. Good picking. That's it. So that's one of my picks. My next pick is going to be Sargon, just because he's fun. Who's that again? Uh he lived in yeah. an orb and possessed Kirk's body, so that he, he lived in an
1: orb under the sea.
2: Thank you, James. Sargon... Sargon
1: Square. Wait, no, Sargon Roundhouse. Bang,
2: wow.
0: <laughs> round,
2: round pants. And round, and round. Uh, Yeah, because I just like his character, the char- the characters that are like so hyper-advanced that they have to live in the live in a ball.
0: <laughs> so hyper-advanced uh, that they're just a brain in a jar.
2: Exactly, yeah. So that was kind of cool. But I think my favorite character, my favorite one-off character from TOS is Miranda Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that
0: was-
1: from the
3: Medusa
2: episode? That's from the Medusa episode. Yeah, the uh, what's the name of that episode? Is There No Beauty and Truth? Is There No, bro- Any, is there in no truth, truth in Bloody? That's the one. Is there a truth in booty? No truth in Booty
3: <laughs> Is there no truth in booty? Yeah,
0: is there yeah. no truth in booty? I Bluedo? don't know, but those hips don't lie.
2: Yeah, played by Diana Muldar, who is always great. And I just really like Miranda Jones because A, she's one of like I think she might be the only woman in all of the the original series who Kirk tried to put the moves on and said no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am not mm-hmm. at all interested. That's was- just
3: because she couldn't she couldn't see his handsomeness. Yikes! Because she was blind in the episode. Yes, yeah, yes. and I also yeah. think,
2: yeah, I think they did a lot of very interesting character with work with her in terms of you know she wants to you know learn more Vulcan stuff. She wanted to learn about mind melds. This is like she's a very different kind of character. She's not just damselly like we see a lot of other female characters in TOS were. So I gotta, I want to give her a couple legs up.
1: And also, uh, Mulder was in the Sargon episode. Oh yeah. so that's that's a delightful tie in thing
0: so those are my three is that you patting me because you'd like me to go next go for it so do i have to pick three yeah cool well then i i have three so that's oh good it's like Uh, we planned this
2: because i did
0: (laughs) i didn't know if you said three i thought you just said favorite characters so i didn't realize it doesn't matter i have three you've got three so it all worked out so i know
1: who two of them are
0: oh yeah who are they no no, please. no, no, you. I, I want to know what you
3: I, think. I, I, I expect I know who two of them are. Yeah, Trelane okay. and
1: Trelane's Klingon, whose name escapes but me. But I want to find out. I
3: oh, see interesting.
0: Right. What do you think, Jake? I was going to say Place just, your the bets. I, just the same. Just the same? What about you, Ames? Tr- my, my other Kolon. bet
2: is Jem. Uh, but Bem. I did. Uh, no, no Bem. Not, not Bem. <laughs> Get out Get
0: the fuck out of here!
2: Fuck out of
0: here! Wow, I'm not going to lie to you. I did consider Jem because I loved Jem and I love that fucking episode. All right. Well, a lot. Let's, let's give a I shout really out to Jem. Do. We do like Jem. Jem, we love you. I love you a lot, and I know you can't tell me you love me too. But if you could, you would. I know.
1: Better empath than Troy.
0: Best mm-hmm. empath, and that's why I liked her so much. Yeah. So uh, I hadn't even thought of Koloth. <gasps> uh sadly, I do love Koloth, but obviously I did say Trelane Yay! Um, because Trelane is so such a funny like dichotomy or something, because it's like he's this omnipotent being, but he's also a bratty little fucking kid. And actually the least hateable child that we've ever seen on this show. <laughs> <laughs> so that on its own, really I don't know. a
2: place of honor. The little girl um, constantly falling to her death was pretty good. <laughs>
0: Ah! <laughs> to <Tupac> my help! Ah! <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. Yeah, so Trillane because I love him. Plus, he's a snappy fucking dresser. He plays a mm-hmm. harpsichord, and I kind of want to bang him. 10 points. 10 points to Griffin. Door Next, I was going to say Cyrano Jones. Oh! Because mm. he's.
3: He's got great pockets.
0: He's a goofy yeah. little motherfucker. He's a lot of fun. He's fun. He's very self-concerned. He's a trickster. He's stealing drinks during a bar fight. <laughs> That's great. How do you not love that? And, mm. you know, he gave us tribbles. And mm-hmm. tribbles, of course, give us love. So...
3: <laughs> good good reference.
0: So, wonderful. Poor
3: man's Harry Mudd, in my opinion.
0: Speaking of <laughs> Harry Mudd... <laughs> I love <laughs> Harry mud. Oh, there no. But, but my third person is Stella. No. Court! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Parkour! laughs> No, it is Harry Mudd because he's, I mean, he's like Cyrano Jones, but like with an actual dark side. Like, mm. I feel like Cyrano is just kind of a bumbling idiot. Like, I don't think he knew the triples were going to be trouble, <laughs> but Harry Mudd like has no doubt that everything he's doing is very fucking bad, capital B-A-D bad, and he does it anyway because he's a huckster and he loves money. That's true. He's like a less refined quirk, but I love him. I love Harry Mudd. And also, I know it doesn't, it's not what we're talking about, but I loved our Harry Mudd in Discovery. Uh, every once in a while, I will turn to Chris and say, Chipper's on a beach! <laughs> just because. And so, yeah, I, Harry Mudd for president.
3: Nice. Yeah, I wonder if we'll see more of
1: him in uh,
0: Strange a New, new show. Yeah, no, I was really hoping so. Oh, Strange New Worlds. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. Maybe. I
1: mean, the trick there, and I know, like, there's already been some mild retconning, but like, he can only show up if Spock somehow um, yeah. doesn't run into him.
0: Right, because oh, he would have recognized him. Well, Spock he does m- look a lot different when true. he meets him again, you know?
1: But he, because mm. Spock doesn't know him like at all when yeah. he shows up in TOS the first time. Also, Uhura would be
3: on the ship too, right? That's right, she Uhura's is, so yeah, mm-hmm. you've really
1: gotta like, like
3: yeah. if they Maybe go, P- like, Pike get gets wiped trapped of- on, a, on a planet with Mud. Well, so yeah, they could be like an away mission. Pike and mission. Mud end up, end up accused of a crime and have to there
1: escape it from prison together.
2: Yep. yep, they have to crawl up a chute.
1: <sighs> but you know, it would have to be like an away mission that Spock and Uhura don't go on and maybe he also isn't using his real name so yeah. that like the reports back.
2: They never put in the log or anything. Mm.
1: Yeah.
3: Like, a, yeah. you know,
2: pull a Sulu. <laughs> omit it from the yeah. log. Neat. Which of you boys wants to go? I guess I can go. Do it.
3: All right, so I chose. Uh, I went. I went somewhat obscure with with a couple of these, or really with one of them. I guess two of them are pretty well known. But I chose Richard Daystrom.
2: Oh, that's a good uh, one.
3: The yeah, good. Uh, the inventor of Duotronics, and also uh, you know the boy genius who created the M5 computer. I mean, I guess he wasn't a boy genius by the time he invented that, but yeah, because I, I I like him a lot as you know, kind of a tragic figure. Mm. Yeah, you know, because he was. Very intelligent, he did. He created all these amazing technologies, and just was struggling to sort of live up to those expectations, and it drove him to be not mentally stable, and uh, and it was reflected in his creation. Don't
0: put your engrams in the M five.
3: That's, That's it. That, don't
0: put all your engrams in the same basket, kids. Yeah. <laughs> first rule of
3: yeah, first rule of engrams, making a computer. Don't, don't talk about engrams. Don't, don't have sex with it. <laughs> um,
0: Don't tell that Engram's, to song. I
3: assumed Angrams was an euphemism. Next up, I'm going to go with a non-humanoid character, the Horta.
2: Sweet. Oh.
3: The the Mama Horta from Devil in the Dark. Yeah, and uh, you know it's another situation. Yeah, you know, I I appreciate that it's a you know a sentient being that is uh, just trying to protect itself and its young from humans who are you know, fucking with it and stealing its eggs. And that once, you know, and it's killing the people, obviously, out of self-defense and preservation. But then once a dialogue is established, once there's diplomacy between these two things, we can actually become more symbiotic. And and then the horde helps the miners, which I like. I like that a lot too. And then my final one, this is the one I think might be a little more obscure. Sam Cogley.
2: Okay. Sam
3: Cogley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the attorney who defended Kirk. Finney's alive.
2: Marshal. He's alive on the ship. Cogley, uh, what?
3: <laughs> yeah, cause, you know, because we always talk about having a JAG. Yep. Uh, I mean, he wasn't <laughs> technically a JAG. He was a civilian, I, I believe in in the show.
1: Kirk's ex was the
3: JAG. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think and they specifically odd said he was a of JAG. Days yeah. Was, so yeah, but I, I really liked him as a character, and you know, I have I have like a weird soft spot for defense attorneys in fiction and in nonfiction too. I guess you know like uh, Clarence Darrow type people who I'm mm. guessing Hogley was kind of inspired by Clarence Darrow, well, probably.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I can't. I cannot do courtroom drama. It makes me too angry.
3: And, but you know, cause, you know, sort of standing up for what's what's right, uh, and I love the fact that at the end we find out that you know he got or he helped Kirk you know dodge the charge but then he went off and he uh he did, was his next gig was defending Finney oh from that's his true. charges yeah
2: that's right i forgot about that
3: which which i also enjoyed that's a nice little cherry on top
2: so chris's favorites are going to be yeoman martha landon <laughs> which one was she again
0: uh Chekhov's Chekhov's girlfriend? girlfriend yeah
2: she was the great. one I think, the one i, I ended think... up
0: drawing for my fanfic that time all I right. think Harry Mudd. I think you're going to say Mud.
1: So here's the thing. I misunderstood the assignment and thought we were treating this like the transformations thing we did a while ago where we each brought one to the table and talked about it.
0: Oh, see, at least I wasn't the only one who didn't understand the assignment. Uh, so I've been a little better. S-
1: really trying to drag this out so I could think of three because uh, <laughs> I was going to sit and talk for a while about Harry Mudd. So he's certainly part of my list.
2: Oh, um, I definitely put said three in my message
0: to I'm you guys. sure
1: you did. I somehow missed it. We I, both
0: did. We're both assholes.
1: Normally I catch things, but this time I fucked it. I was going to discuss the fact that, you know, like, the one sort of sad thing about Mud is that they kind of drop a lot of his darker element in his second appearance. Like, in the first one, there
3: really, is like... Really, you
0: don't think... Having lots of robots that he fucks is a little weird. I mean, so it's, it is. It's
3: it's not as dark as human trafficking. Yeah, and there's
1: that moment.
3: But
0: in, it wasn't. They wanted to find husbands. Well,
1: yeah, but there there was definitely a lot of sense of him manipulating them. Like there's that scene where he's with the sort of main woman of the three, and he's like, he get you know, he drops any kind of like impishness, and he gets really dark and. Uh, it was a shame they kind of dropped that in favor of, like, wacky shenanigans in the second one. I still think, you know, he's great and that's a fun episode. But um, it would have been nice if they'd kept that vein in him more, more uh, obviously. But again, I still delight in the character and his silly hats. And
0: I just think enslaving a whole bunch of robots is a little fucked up. It,
2: it
1: is, it is. But I mean, you they know.
0: They were playing
2: him, so that they, they were doing a good job. Well, ultimately. That's
1: yeah. true, yeah. They, they were keeping him trapped there. So yeah, gotta, gotta go with Harry Mudd. Uh Do you
2: want a minute to look at a list?
1: Beauregard!
2: Yay! Ooh, I Beauregard. <laughs> Actually,
1: <laughs> I was kidding, but plant. fuck it. I love Beauregard. I do love uh, Beauregard. I wish we had seen more of Beauregard. Beauregard. Uh it would have been kind of fun to expand on the idea of this possibly sentient plant living on the ship.
0: They should have started feeding people to it.
1: <laughs> Feed Miss Sulu.
0: <laughs> ah! <laughs> but okay, I, I remember we all had a green mother from i don't know where
1: i don't remember yet
0: no i mean i i know where i know where audrey too is from but i'm trying to think of
1: oh yeah I could I a could. planet
0: that would work for this one
1: yeah cestus five
0: there you go which one's anyway so yeah no, i was
1: i was being glib but no because i remember we all had a soft spot for beauregard so let's let's remind everyone about beauregard and how great they were God, there's so many... The thing, that thing is, there's just so many options. Like, There's I, so many uh,
2: options. I would contend, like, when we get to talking about, like, when we do the same activity for TNG and Deep Space Nine, the characters, in, like, the, the one-off characters in TNG and Deep Space Nine are so much more, comp- like, developed and interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of these, a lot of the characters we meet in TOS are very caricature
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of actually, yes, I guess I gotta say Commodore Deckard who kills him
2: mm. who, who flies a ship into a windstock? Doomsday
1: machine yeah that that poor mad bastard yeah. uh, I did not realize it at the time but a youngish William Wyndham who uh some of our listeners may know as Dr Seth Hazlitt in
0: murder, she, murder wrote. she
1: wrote and once I realized that I was looking back at a picture I'm being like oh my god that is him he had that he had that twitch where he would play with the like little information diskettes. Which I thought was kind of a nice touch because you don't, you know, because like you know, it just just you don't usually see, uh, are you right? with a lot of the crazy characters in Star Trek, you know, they would get the fish eye lens and this and that, but he had this very evident physical thing he would do where he was slipping back and forth between his fingers.
0: What a creep!
1: Yeah, just a really great portrait of a of a man who just broke instantly, and may or may not be Captain Deckard's father. I don't think it was ever established in canon, but it has been assumed. By many. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. Con man, a plant, and a loony.
2: <laughs> yep. The, the, the three main tenants
0: of Chris. <laughs> Chris, is, Chris is all of those things. <laughs>
2: yeah. So this will be fun. Yeah. You can see I'll, I'll grab some screen grabs of all these characters and put it up on our Tumblr as a way to keep our, our Tumblr full of really fun content. We'll have these guys up there for that. Next week, we prepared for more TOS content because we're going to talk Ooh. about more blogtivity kind of things from TOS next week, I think, just just to prepare Chris and Caitlin to get the blogtivity right this time. <laughs> uh, same assignment, but we're going to be talking specifically about villains. Oh, okay. Some of them may be ones you've already said this week. We'll see. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so we're going to do more of the Oh, man, TOS but you know what week. that means? That means I can talk about Koloth next week. <gasps> nice. You're <We're laughs> already halfway there.
2: Living on a prayer. The other thing we're doing next week is more fun Voyager episodes. The two episodes we're discussing next week are going to be The Swarm and what's sure to be Chris's favorite episode of the series, False Prophets.
1: Oh, oh, that one, yes. Yeah, Uh, it's a fun one. It'll be fun. I hope it holds up, because again, like pretty much all of Voyager, I have not seen since it first aired. Um, I think this
2: one holds up. Good, good. We'll talk about it next week, because I... I, I say that without remembering a thing to found that on. But yeah, so that'll be fun for next week. Definitely check us out then. Check out all our other 250-something-or-other episodes, plus other series in our 10 Forwards that are up on our SoundCloud. They're also up on wherever else it is, that it is that you can listen to podcasts. We're there. You're listening to us right now. You've yeah. already done it. Congratulations. Yeah, so check that out uh, there. Make sure you're giving us a, a rate or a thumbs up or a like or a follow. You know how to do these podcast things. They, yeah. They're all the fucking same. Friend us on Facebook and Twitter where we occasionally share stuff. And join us next week. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin.
1: This has been Jake, and this is always Chris. I
2: don't have a I don't have a good catch line to go out on. Wait, I have I have the 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 end line from from flashback, which I thought was very good. Perhaps you can be nostalgic for the both of us. Ah, There
0: we go. Excelsior! Hey, Caitlin found it.
3: Math is 15, easier. 15 it. centimeters just sounds more impressive than 6 inches.